0: everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Public Service Psychology Now, Division 18's podcast series to keep our members informed of our division activities. We're continuing our special 75th anniversary series in which we talk with former presidents of our division about their presidency, accomplishments, and lessons learned. Today we're interviewing with Dr. Ann Clee, president of Division 18 from 2013 to 2014. Dr. Ann Klee works at VA Connecticut Healthcare System and is devoted to developing a quality recovery oriented programs for individuals with serious mental illness, training and supporting the work of peer specialists, and training the next generation of clinicians in the field of psychosocial rehabilitation and engaging them in careers in public mental health. She has a long track record of serving in national and state leadership roles, And in addition to serving as our president, Dr. Klee has also served as past president of the Connecticut Psychological Association. She is currently an associate editor for our division journal, Psychological Services, and has served as our council rep since 2016. And congratulations are in order because she was just awarded the 2021 Harold N. Hildreth Distinguished Public Service Award. So congratulations and thank you for being with us today, Dr. Clee. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh,
1: so tell us more about what you've been up to since you were president of our division.
2: Well, since Tiff, it's, um, what Tiffany already mentioned was that um, since I was president, I um, the timing worked out, and I ran for election for the council rep um, shortly after I was president, and I've been in that role. Um, since 2016, um, which has been has given me such a inc- much more incredible insight into APA, but also I've also been involved in my state association, um, as as you mentioned, and um, and that actually was connected to um, I, that happened because of Division 18. Um, at one point, we used to go to the Practice Leadership Conference and you would then go sit with your state association. And I went and found my state group, Connecticut. And interestingly enough, the first thing they said to me is, are you a member? And I said, yes, yes, I'm a member of my state association, but I hadn't been very involved. I had just been a dues paying member for many years. And through that, those conversations, and I started building relationships with this CPA team, they invited me to be their federal advocacy coordinator. and so I started getting involved on that level, the federal advocacy stuff, which I had been doing related work with division 18, but this is a much more focused um, work. And, and um, through that, I then became president of um, the state association in 2017. Um, and I just wrapped up in, um, at the end of 2020. Um, and that was um, an incredible experience in, in, in many ways, especially because in my last year, um, COVID-19, um, I had to deal with, as a, a state association president um, during, you know, when the outbreaks, um, the epidemic started. So um, a very interesting year, to say the least. Glad to be immediate past president right now.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine, like that's for, I think for everybody that COVID years are gonna be, Please. they're gonna stand out as, to, pretty difficult years to be heads of organizations for sure yeah
2: Yeah. we were getting we were working around the clock to get information out to clarify things on the state level and um and just to put you know to be there for the community so it's a very um a long a
1: long year yeah (laughs) long couple of years yeah well So what were some of the major issues that were going on in Division 18 in APA or in the country or in the world that impacted public service psychology during your term?
2: Yeah, you know, where our our division, you know, has its connection to, you know, as to public, to public mental health. And, you know, there was so much going on on violence. Um, It was right around the time of Sandy Hook. We were talking about um, gun violence. We were talking about the opioid epidemic, which we're still talking about. And, you know, these topics don't seem to leave us. Um, We were talking about um, mandatory outpatient treatment. Um, So these are very similar um, topics that we're still talking about. But I think being Division 18 in public um, mental health focused, you know it was hitting our division maybe more so than other divisions um, so those were the some of the topics that we were talking about when i was president and i assume you are still to this day
1: definitely yeah some of those for sure um i know the opioid crisis is something that's really been coming up a lot lately so um and i think i think you're right there's something about public mental health where a lot of those issues just kind of keep kind of coming up and becoming more important and then um, kind of going away and then coming back again. So yeah, definitely. What were some of the accomplishments that you were most proud of during your year?
2: Um, So during um, my era, I like to call it, um, we were working, we had started these um, Division 18 conferences um, and we um, we had two in Boston, two in Hartford and one in San Francisco. And what we're so special about them is we chose topics that crossed all the sections and we had speakers um, from across the sections on these overarching public mental health themes. Um, so one of them was on um, um, pr- prediction and prevention of violence in America, for example. And we were able to get the congresswoman um, who was the congresswoman for Sandy Hook to come and give the opening remarks, and and then we had experts from Division 18 come and present, um, a really about on a whole range of topics related to um, violence in America, um, and a related um, something I'm proud of is that we then turned this conference into a special issue in Psychological Services on prediction and prevention of violence in America. So for me, that was you know, using Division 18, we were able to put these two platforms together to really go in depth on um, prediction and prevention of violence in America. Um, And we were able to do that um, for these other, you know, for the other conventions as well. Um, We did one, the one in San Francisco was providing care for diverse populations. And again, we had an incredible roster of, of um, presenters and world-class presenters, really, when you hear some of the speakers who came to these conferences. Um, You know, we had Arthur Evans come to one of them. We had Barbara Van Dalen, um, just amazing people come. So it was really very exciting for us.
1: So, What kind of led to us? I mean, obviously this last year and the year before that, we've been doing a lot of virtual stuff, but were there things that happened that kind of made those conferences hard to continue?
2: Oh, yes, I'm I, sorry. I missed the punchline to telling you. Um, so these conferences were amazing. It brought me very much closer to different sections. I got to build relationships um, with colleagues in, um, in the, our, you know, our um, forensic section. I got to um, build relationships with those in police and public safety, and you know, um, state hospital and community mental health centers. What ended up happening was we would get very few people to attend. And so, um, while we were putting on these world class um, conferences with these world class speakers, maybe they weren't world class conferences, but that we had world class speakers. Um, we weren't getting the attendance and you know, eventually we started to say to ourselves, and, and they were cheap by the way, one conference we, we charged $18 basically for lunch, um, but you'd get CE, I mean, we rolled out the red carpet. We really like in true division 18 nature, we wanted to make um, this education accessible to everybody, um, but we couldn't fill the room. And at a certain point we were, we, we said we have to rethink what we're doing. So we gave it five attempts.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully maybe now in the kind of post virtual world, there might be some um, some ways in which we can revisit that as a division and see if there's ways we can make it more because I do know that travel is difficult um, and and virtual isn't easy either. But um, maybe there's maybe there's some new directions there.
2: Yeah. And we we were limited to what we could afford and we didn't have breakouts. So um just having a good speaker probably isn't enough but um uh, happy to rethink this at any time
1: (laughs) well that sounds like a pretty great accomplishment actually i think it sounds really um that sounds really wonderful
2: it was and you know it it was but it was a a group effort we had so many people chiming in to work on these conferences lauren lucher was one of the co-chairs sam juan um Tim Carmody was involved, Joel DeVoskin, Guy Seymour, Howie Steinberg, Dave Pilkey. I'm missing people. I mean, we had just so many people engaged and involved and, you know, it was really fun working together.
1: Yeah, that sounds really great. Um, What lessons did you learn about yourself or about leadership as a result of your experience?
2: Well, believe it or not, I have a shy side and I learned to just reach out and ask people if they would come and speak. And I was always so surprised when we got many more yeses than nos. Um, like the first year I reached out to Dr. Terry Keene, um, who's just a powerhouse at the Boston BA, And he said, sure, I'll come. And I'm like, That's great. And the next year we asked, I'm the president of APA at the time, Suzanne Bennett Johnson, and she came and Dr. Bob Kearns came. All these um, folks came, Dr. I mentioned before, Dr. Barbara Van Dalen came and you know it was just amazing to me that you ask and people may say yes and they did this for free, knowing we didn't give honorarium to our speakers. So that was a big lesson to me that don't be afraid to ask what's the worst situation. They'll they'll say no.
1: Yeah, I think that's like, that's really important to 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 think about to know. Yeah. Um, sometimes we underestimate that that people would be willing to do things like that, um, even if there isn't a like financial remuneration or things like that in it for them.
2: You know, we have a very talented, um, diverse, talented um, membership, and I was more apt to get a no from somebody who wasn't a member but more likely to get a yes from members. So from members um, and many found, you know, we, at one point we later on, we had more money and we were able to 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 send some some folks to speak. But for the most part, I remember um, Dr. Arthur Evans coming and he um, was able to tie it into another trip and pay for his own train. Um, so it was, you know, you just never know. Um, and we did get no's, but they were mostly from non-division 18 people. So just knowing that people felt connected to the division and wanting to give back was so important. I think it really speaks to public service psychologists.
1: Yeah, that spirit of wanting to 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 give and to do for for the profession and for others, yeah.
2: Absolutely, and very connected to our mission and a shared mission, really, between anyone who came and spoke and our division mission. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big, a huge learning experience for me is don't be so shy, it doesn't hurt to ask. And of course, to your question, I I learned a lot about myself, um, how to build, the importance of building relationships um, you know, across the division. Um, with different sections and have, sometimes having to have difficult conversations um, when things weren't going the right way. Um, so again, coming out of that shy side and sort of having to put myself out there a little more. And public speaking, I would never in my, you know, 10, 15 years ago, imagine I'd ever doing anything even like this, like, I don't want to talk about myself. But now I at least have stories to tell.
1: That's true, that's definitely a benefit. <laughs> well, what advice do you have for people who are seeking to serve in Division 18 leadership? Um,
2: honestly, I think my involvement in Division 18, I have gained so much from it. It has, um, I have definitely gained more than I've given, I should say, i it's just been, helped me in so many ways professionally. Um, I've grown I've really grown up in the division. So I think getting involved in any professional organization is so enriching um, and you it's the relationships you build, it's the work you do together. It's just these are great skills to figure out how to put on a conference to um, you know to do some journal work to, Um, lead a meeting like these are skills that I didn't have prior and and I got my start because two psychologists I work with here in Connecticut sort of said hey we have a role would you like would you be interested and I said okay and you know one thing led to the other and I said yes and I worked hard Um, and I started to learn how to navigate the division like any any organization and really I've, I've You know this has been my professional home for so many years and i'm just grateful for these opportunities so the answer is say yes and then work hard
1: (laughs) that's good advice for sure uh and what do you see for the future of division 18.
2: you know as we know in our country our public mental health emergencies are just growing and, and there's so much need for for you know, our psychological services everywhere. Um, So sadly, I I wish we were out of business, but, you know, just like what we talked about before with the opioid epidemic and violence in America. um, Now after COVID, so many people are readjusting to life. There's so much more stress, Um, you know, there's poverty is such a problem throughout our country. I just sadly feel that there's so much more and more need for good public mental health services. I think sadly we're going to be in business for many years to come, and um, Division 18 has a critical role to play in all of that. You know, we are the home, or we should be the home, for all these public service psychologists. And um, you know, I was excited to hear that our numbers are growing, but. The support system we create for each other is so critical across across our sections
1: you know yeah i think that that's a really good point i'm sorry go ahead
2: no and i'm excited for our journal you know it's only grown um with the division and um we are able to focus on these public mental health issues in organized care settings and um You know, we've done these special packages and really gone into depth in some important topics affecting public mental health.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I I really agree about the division as a as a means of supporting public service psychologists because I do think you're right. I think that stress is just getting greater. I think a lot of the things with COVID or that there's going to be more coming down the road as people are dealing with the economic fallout. and things like that. And so I think, yeah, we'll um, our members will probably need that support for a while to come.
2: And our members are working in some very innovative um, institutions and the government is often the first place to try new things out. And, you know, our expertise across the division is amazing. So when someone posts a question on the listserv, there's somebody who's an expert there who knows the answer. So it's always impressive. I always turn to my Division 18 colleagues first for for how to do something, what to learn. Really cutting edge folks that we are privileged to be members, to have as members in Division 18.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and um, thank you for sharing your uh, insights and your information about um, leadership of Division 18. And we hope that that inspires folks to, to take a role. Um, and thank you for those listening, for being with us today. And remember to subscribe to us so that you get updates for when we post a new episode. And stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me.